Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Pride and Prejudice, the 1940 version. The weirdest version of <laughs> It's, I would say it's very different from the Pride and Prejudice we know. <laughs> In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, the first time, I've only watched this one other time. And it was like probably maybe a year before we started the podcast. Uh-huh. And, you know, I thought it was fun. I, there was one specific change about it that I was like, that's weird, but I kind of like it. And, but otherwise, I don't really remember it being crazy. But this time I was like, this movie <laughs> is insane. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know if it's like, uh, like those, like that, because it was in the, four, it made in the late 30s, early 40s so it has like that like classic black and white movie like old hollywood vibe to it and i don't know if that's what makes it crazy for me or if it's like the performances of some people <laughs> which definitely made it crazier but <laughs> the performances were absolutely out of this world insane <laughs> they were a bit unhinged <laughs> <laughs> There are definitely ways that I think you can watch this movie and really enjoy it. But I think taking detailed notes of it kind of drove yeah. me into a spiral of insanity. <laughs> so you might notice the notes getting more and more harsh as we go along. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't blame you at all because <laughs> I, well, I was, when I started watching it, I started thinking about like having to take notes and I was like, I feel like I would lose my mind because I would have to try and keep up with everything that was going on. There was so much. Oh my gosh. The, uh, I, I don't even want to start yet because I'm sure that my entire recap is just the stuff that I want to say. About it. <laughs> but it's funny because just maybe last week I was listening to what's the Ira Madison? Uh, um, keep it. Keep it. And Lewis is it Louis Vertel? Mm -hmm. He randomly just threw out a comment about how he thought Greer Garson was the worst. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're about to watch a movie with Greer Garson. And so the whole time, maybe that was in the back of my head. And I was like, she is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I didn't necessarily find her to be the worst part of this adaptation. I just, there was so oh, much. No, she wasn't the worst. No, part. but. I, she just was. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> I, I, you know, at, at a certain point, I, I did think about that. I was like, she feels so wrong for Lizzie. Like, she doesn't <laughs> look like Lizzie. She doesn't act like Lizzie. And she is not Lizzie's age or close to it. So <laughs> I was just thinking about that. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to blame the director and the casting people because this is not a role she probably should have gotten because it just doesn't yeah. seem to match at all. Yeah, there's definitely some nuances, but just both her and Darcy had the craziest, like, affectations that yeah. were just so distracting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's... Not to mention, I haven't even started on the clothing that they wear. I am one who never oh, knows his clothes, but every yeah. other scene, I was like, what is this you're wearing? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it... It was the the clothing department definitely made some very bold choices. And I did have, I think I have a piece of trivia that was like, oh, okay, I guess that's why they did it. But 
like good <laughs> lord <laughs> this was not what it was supposed to be at all <laughs> well i had a speculation that maybe they were all wardrobe from gone with the wind and they just took the clothes well oh, is it <laughs> you will find out <laughs> you will find out in just a few moments <laughs> well did you have any other first impressions um i mean i i still enjoyed it but it was definitely like it <laughs> at some point i was like am I watching Pride and Prejudice or am I watching something <laughs> completely different? So it, it definitely, it was like, oh, I'm not watching this to be like another Jane Austen adaptation. I'm watching this because it does have a lot of funny moments. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's probably one of the first Jane Austen movie adaptations. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's there were some of the like BBC play-like versions from... But I don't even know if there would be one mm-hmm. from earlier. The From what I know, this was the second. Okay. Sort of like filmed sort of adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. I think the first one was like a BBC TV movie. Mm-hmm. But that obviously because people, not everyone had TVs in the 40s. It was not like a widespread thing. Right. And I'm sure in America, you couldn't see the BBC one. No, it was only in England. And I haven't ever seen the BBC one, but I imagine, I think I've seen clips of it, but I imagine it was very much the like, you know, camera, static camera play yeah. going on. It's a film, yeah. Of, yeah <laughs> a film play. Like that <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a movie movie. I think it was more on the lines of a film play. Yeah. And this one was like a real movie although there were many times where i was like did you just spend all your money on costuming because like, <laughs> you're cutting out the craziest scenes like let's just mm-hmm. explain what happened in the scene i'm like are you trying to save money on locations or something but yeah it, I don't know. <laughs> it was very interesting <laughs> let's just go ahead and get to yeah the notes, i want to hear what you have to say <laughs> Okay, so it came out July 26, 1940. It was directed by Robert Z. Leonard, and it was written by Jane Murfin and Aldous Huxley. Really? Yes. Wow, Brave New World. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, Aldous Huxley, very interesting. I think I did know that in the back of my head somewhere, but not really. Yeah, well, I, the only way that I know Aldous Huxley is last, was it last year? I think it was maybe early this year. I saw a musical on Broadway about him that was like semi, it was like fictional in the the way the story went, but it was like nonfiction because there's real people in it. And it's like about how him, oh God, who are the other people? (laughs) There were some other people. I've never heard of this. musical about Aldous Huxley <laughs> it was like not just about him um let's see hold on it's uh okay so it's like a, a fictional meeting between Aldous Huxley Claire Booth Luce and Cary Grant and how they all decide to experiment with LSD together and it goes through like their different trips and okay and, and I mean about. <laughs> it's fictional in the sense that they met and did it together but non-fiction as in real people who actually did experiment with LSD but on their own time mm. but um that's the only way I know Elvis Huxley is from that and the guy who played him was the guy who plays 
Oh gosh, he was in um, Downton Abbey, and he played. Who's the sister that? No, who's the sister who nobody likes? Sybil. No, wasn't she the one that everyone liked? I mean, Edith. Edith. What? Sybil was her daughter. <laughs> Edith. Yeah, the guy who ends up marrying her okay. is the guy who played it on Broadway, and so he's like very nerdy and very like I'm smart and philosophical <laughs> and blah blah blah. And so that's how I know Alice Tuckley. And I was like, I didn't know he wrote screenplays. I like the <laughs> world. I wonder if the the woman he wrote it with was his writing partner, or if she, they were both wrote, like if one person wrote it and the other person rewrote it, or that's... Apparently, really... from what I gathered, the, the notes were very, like, they were, like, specific, but also not specific. It, from what I gathered, the idea of it was, like, in the mid-30s, like, to do an adaptation. At one point, they thought they were going to do a musical adaptation, and they mixed that. (laughs) I would like to see that. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Um, But then, at first, someone else and his wife were supposed to do it, and then he ended up dying, and then it went to someone else, I think, and then it ended up being Aldous Huxley and Jane Murphy who wrote the screenplay, and it was like a... It seems to have changed hands a lot. Okay. And obviously didn't get released until, like, 1940. (laughs) So interesting, interesting. Very. It was back in the studio system, so you, it's oh, yeah. so hard to know like how decisions are being made and who's making what kind of decisions for. Yeah, well, from what I understand about that time period, it's like studio executives are like, "We're going to cast the movie, and we're going to tell you what you can do with it." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, it's what it seemed like. But so for some cast members. We have Greer Garson as Elizabeth Bennett, Lawrence Olivier as Mr. Darcy, Mary Boland as Mrs. <laughs> Lawrence Bennett. Olivier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else is he in? I he is in. I didn't recognize any movies that he's from, but I know he's famous. But he's most known for being in a movie called Sleuth with Michael Caine, a movie called The Boys from Brazil, a movie called Rebecca. Okay, and Rebecca. Marathon Man. Hmm. I just I I isn't he a sir also wasn't he knighted yeah yeah so I think he he also did a lot of stage stuff so okay. I think he, he also played Zeus in Clash of the Titans so that makes that helps Clash of the Titans the Clash of the Titans might be it it was definitely something like that yeah maybe that's it yeah I mean the he's jazz been a singer yeah he's been in a lot and I know he did a lot of stage work he was just kind of like one of those acting greats who did everything this is yeah. what I gathered. But we also have Mary Boland as Mrs. Bennett, who was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as... the Bennets were the best. I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, I yes. thought, were some of the best. Yes. Edna May Oliver as Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who I also thought was really great. Yeah. <laughs> Maureen O'Sullivan, who was Jane. And Rutherford was Lydia. Frida Ineskort was Miss Bingley, who had a crazy accent. She was, is that Caroline Bingley? Yes. She was also one of my favorites. I was like, okay, you yeah, are she was actually good. selling what you're. <laughs> she you're was like, it to me. I say she's perfectly snobby and all that stuff, but her her accent really threw me off because like everyone was so like kind <laughs> she of like could not open her mouth, <laughs> right? And everything was so exaggerated, and I was like, all the this... accents. I was like, yeah, are these accents <laughs> at all? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, I don't think so. I think especially because Greer Garson and Lawrence Olivia are both British. <laughs> so, are they? Like, yes. <laughs> didn't sound like anybody was speaking in a British accent. I know. To me. <laughs> Uh, we have Edmund Gwen, Edmund Gwen as Mr. Bennett, Karen Morley as Mrs. Collins, 
Heather Angel as Kitty, Marsha Hunt as Mary. I really like this Mary. I know. I was like, another Mary to love. (laughs) (laughs) She was great. (laughs) Melville Cooper as Mr. Collins. He was crazy. (laughs) I was like, this this man is on drugs. Bruce Lester as Mr. Bingley, E.E. Clive as Sir William Lucas, Marjorie Wood as Lady Lucas, uh, May Beattie as Mrs. Phillips, Gia Kent as Anderberg. Let's see. I don't remember someone being named Flunky. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? I don't think. Maybe it was just like a descriptor. I guess. He was just a flunky of someone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was like, pretty much the main cast okay i i really like the way when it opens they have like the cast list but it's like mm-hmm. these people live here and these people live <laughs> yeah. here <laughs> that was really that was an interesting choice and one that i didn't necessarily like i liked it kind of i didn't dislike it at all i was like oh that kind of like helps people because there's so many people put it into perspective if you yeah. knew who the actors were yeah i can definitely see that but it was still a choice. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the costumes? Okay. So it's funny that you mentioned Gone with the Wind because this movie was originally supposed to be in color. But because Gone with the Wind, the, I guess the producer for it, David O. Selznick, he had used every available reel of Technicolor film in existence to make <laughs> Gone with the Wind. And so... Oh. Be- even though they had gotten all this like set stuff and all these very lavish costumes, they had to film it in black and white because there was no more Technicolor film. <laughs> that sucks because I definitely was thinking the whole time, I wish this movie was in color. Me too. And they're talking about colors, you know, like right. it's blue. I'm like, I wish I could tell that that was blue at all. <laughs> right. And I mean, you could tell the costumes were very like lavish and very giant. Okay. So we have, here is, here is, a couple different reasonings behind the costume choices. <laughs> so, you know, Jane Austen set in Regency time, the Empire Wasteline, they thought that the costumes would be a little bit too plain for, they say, quote unquote, for public taste. They thought they would be too boring, too simple. They looked like nightgowns. So <laughs> instead of setting it, in the Regency time, they decided to set it during the Victorian time. And you, for the main cast, they kind of created these new lavish gowns and everything set for like more 1830s. So that's why they're bigger. They're more like over the top. They're not Empire Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was to give it a more romantic flair because they wanted this, instead of this film to be a social satire like the book, they wanted it to be more like a romantic comedy. Uh huh. That's why there's some changes, (laughs) but they also did. They also said it in the antebellum South, eighteen (laughs) thirty. This is like Gone with the Wind, Pride and Prejudice, meet and have a baby. (laughs) But um, other people pointed out apparently that MGM wasn't willing to put a huge budget because they considered this a risky venture. So (laughs) costumes that were left over from God with the Wind were altered (laughs) slightly and placed on background players to save money. (laughs) I was right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So God with the Wind had a very big influence (laughs) on this film, you know, indirectly. (laughs) And uh, to go more with like the romantic comedy aspect instead of a uh, social satire, 
they added more dance scenes and pivotal plot points were kind of removed, like the one at Pemberley. Uh-huh. And a lot of Elizabeth's witty dialogue was dumbed down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could tell, <laughs> which is very, it's very unfortunate. Apparently, Laurence Olivier was not thrilled about the movie <laughs> and was <I> certain, <laughs> certain it would be a flop. <laughs> oh, another thing, Greg Arson, she was playing Elizabeth Bennett, who is supposed to be like about 20 years old. Um, <laughs> at this time, Greg Arson was 36. Wow. So she's almost double the age. I mean, it was like... But all of them, I feel like, were so much oh, older. Yeah. And it was, Definitely. like, very, very apparent. And I was like, this is very weird for <laughs> us to be, like, thinking that these are, like, teenagers when they're, like, grown women. <laughs> that, that's the most jarring thing. It doesn't really detract in, like, the sense and sensibility of the Emma Thompson one, even though mm-hmm. they're not quite the right age. But, like, there's a 1970s version of uh-huh. sense and sensibility where they are so much older. And I'm like, <laughs> Marianne, you are way too old to be acting like this. Right. <laughs> Just some little trivia about money. They say that Bingley has 5,000 pounds sterling per year, which in today's money would be $6.3 million. So his annual salary is $6.3 million. <laughs> and he's apparently- That's the same as in the book though, I think. Yeah, so just to kind of give you uh, some perspective on his money, the studio's first choice for Darcy was Clark Gable, but they ended up not going with him. Um, okay, uh, so at during this time, Laurence Olivier was married to someone, and the do you know who Vivian Lee is? Yeah, she was married Scarlett to someone. O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, she was uh, another <laughs> another going with the Italian. <laughs> she was married to someone else, but apparently they were having a. They called it a semi-public affair. Basically, it was like everyone knows they're having an affair, but no one's going to talk about it that much. Uh, I guess they could just do whatever they want. But apparently, he was like advocating for her to play Lizzie Bennett, but the uh, the studio thought that it would bring bad publicity to the movie. So they were like, no, we're going to do Greg Arson, who's blonde for some reason. And I looked <laughs> up Vivian weird. Lee and I was like, she would have been perfect Lizzie. I mean, she's still, you know, too old. She it would have like, been even more crazy tie-ins to gone with, to gone with it. Though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but she has like the dark hair and she kind of, she is younger. Um, I think she would have been like 28 or something, but she still would have been older than Lizzie was, but it yeah. definitely would have visually probably made more sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he was a he was advocating for his uh, secret girlfriend, <laughs> semi secret <laughs> girlfriend, to be in it, and they said no. Well, they should have. He should have succeeded, and then they should have replaced him with Clark Gable, and then maybe I wouldn't have been so mm-hmm. disturbed <laughs> by the name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will be interesting. So. I guess there was like at the time the there was like a lot of like screwball comedies and the ad campaign for this movie was Bachelors Beware. Five gorgeous beauties are on a madcap manhunt. <laughs> you can tell they were trying to be screwball comedy in, yeah, in several like, instances. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's it's not landing. <laughs> okay, so this will speak to why it was so different than the book. So apparently it is based on Helen Jerome's stage adaptation of Pride and Prejudice that was done in 1936. And 
which was really weird that they purchased the rights for it because at this time, Jane Austen's work were all public domain, so they didn't have to buy it. But apparently they, they it's uh, the guy who was originally supposed to do it went to her play and was like, oh my God, I love it. And they paid $50,000 for the rights to the play. Now we got to read this play. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is a stage adaptation? <laughs> okay. So just about the script before Jane Murphy and Aldous Huxley basically got it and made it their own, there were nine different writers who worked on it. So <laughs> It definitely was like making its rounds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nobody understood Jane Austen at the moment, at that moment. (laughs) Well, apparently this adaptation like brought a resurgence of Jane Austen and specifically Pride and Prejudice. And the book did like so many different publications after this. And it was very popular again. Everyone's like, wow, the book is so much better than the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I think that's, it. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's all of that's really interesting. So we start off, everyone is shopping for gowns. We meet Jane, who's got like the raven hair, which I was wondering. At the time, was jet black hair just like the most beautiful thing in the world? Because it's so weird that Jane, the most gorgeous one, has the black hair. But like Charlotte Lucas, who's supposed to be not as pretty, supposedly, is the one with the blonde hair. And I'm like, it's just so different than how we would cast it these days. You know, like, now it's always the blonde is the pretty one. (laughs) Right. That's what I was wondering, too. Does the book say explicitly, like, does Jane have black hair or blonde hair? I think she might. I think she might be fair in the book. Yeah. Okay. So she probably, yeah. Because I always thought that was like more of like a back then that like blonde women. Well, in and girls, England, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They, they love were like, a blonde. <laughs> right. So that's why I, that it was very like different to see uh, <laughs> a raven haired Jane. Yeah. Um, so, okay. From the very, beginning i'm like what kind of voices are these cartoon women <laughs> speaking in? <laughs> it's like a mix of that old hollywood accent and trying to be british <laughs> yes <laughs> now, i think the reason why i like to spend it so much is because it works for her because she's already crazy so. yeah yeah she was playing it i feel like you know over True. the top but in like the way the book is over the top and right. actually maybe a little less shrill than some of the other versions we've seen. Yeah, this was my favorite, Mrs. Mrs. Bennett, out of all of them. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's hard to say who's my favorite of anything, but she right. definitely was up there in this cast. She's good. the one I really enjoyed. Yeah, so I was like, you're seriously trying to tell me that this Charlotte is considered not beautiful? They, like, literally just say it. Oh, she's the ugly one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like, one of those old Hollywood things where it's like, you know, you're only a nine out of 10 you're not a 10 so you're going to be the ugly one because they would not cast ugly people back then so well i mean ugly women they definitely cast ugly men and things but (laughs) you know women were not allowed to be ugly back then yeah so we kind of meet mary at a rare bookshop but i was like i already love her (laughs) yes (laughs) we see lydia and kitty and it was funny because i thought do all lydia's affect the same voice because they she do sounds all sound exactly the same. <laughs> like 
the other Lydia. Mm-hmm. I think the one from the movie was the one I was thinking of. What's her name? Jen- Jenna Malone? No, I thought it was Carrie Mulligan, wasn't it? Carrie Mulligan was Kitty. Oh. I think. Oh. In the movie. Oh. I don't know. Let me look it up. But you can keep talking. Okay. Because <laughs> now I'm She curious. just sounded a lot like um, another Lydia. Mm-hmm. They're while well, at the shop, they they find out that the Bingleys have come to town, and of course the Lucases were there, so they found out, and so a carriage race ensues. <laughs> so this can was get home first. <laughs> this was wild and hilarious. I was like, why isn't this in the book? This is really funny. <laughs> I know, I know. It was very silly, and you know that was the kind of stuff that I was really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Turns out it didn't really matter because Mr. Bennett, of course, is already gone, yes. but. I like the way Mr. Bennett has a rotating pipe rack for his (laughs) several gigantic pipes. (laughs) (laughs) He needs some sort of stress reliever for Mrs. Bennett and his girls. (laughs) But I really liked him too. He definitely Uh felt like he appreciated Mrs. Bennett and, you know, was teasing her, which is the way I really like Mr. Bennett. Yeah. You could tell that he was like, he loves her. He's like, oh, this is my wife. She's kind of crazy, but I kind of like her craziness. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, thank God I didn't live in an age where I would have to wear a dress like this. <laughs> oh, well, you wouldn't have worn a dress like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would have worn something much more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- there's a funny part where they fling open the door. And Mrs. Bennett's like, look at them. What's to become of them? And Mr. Bennett's like, perhaps we should have drowned some of them at birth. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. And what I also thought was funny was, I think it was Kitty who was like, thank you, Papa, for not drowning us when we were born. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really, I feel like I enjoyed the periphery characters more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So they go to the, the dance and Wickham is there from the beginning and like him and Lydia are already dancing at the beginning and I was like Mm. okay that works for me you know setting up this relationship you know a little earlier in the script is fine with me yeah and like you know planting the seeds Mm -hmm. and one oh he says to Lydia at one point he says, someday I'll tell you what kind of creature you are (laughs) ew (laughs) he was like not as like sinister as I would think Wickham would be at he was a little bit more like creepy. <laughs> yeah, he had that like weird John like, Waters pencil thin mustache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and his voice was like it just the way he would say things was very like slithery, like <laughs> make me feel gross. Yeah. And I was like, everyone has weird accents, but no one has English accents. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're like, this is I'm fancy accent. <laughs> and then the entourage appears. Caroline <laughs> is wearing like black with sparkles all over it. And this is where I started to think is like the darker your clothes, the fancier your clothes, because there are like three right. different instances where people wear like black. Dark. And I was like, they're the fancy ones or trying well, to be. <laughs> well, I, this is where, I mean, before the costumes are already like very large and extravagant but i was like it's old hollywood whatever this when she entered and you saw like the jewels glistening in the candlelight i was like okay we're going for something else (laughs) this is not period accurate at all and caroline speaks with a mouth that doesn't open right like lady catherine de berg and every every sentence is 10 times longer if you were to say it normally (laughs) and i said will darcy see wickham already but they their beef seems fairly tame 
because they don't yeah. really seem to be that bothered by each other. No, yeah, they're just definitely like, you know, like, oh, like fist shaking, like, oh, you rascal. That was yeah. that kind of vibe. It wasn't like yeah. serious. <laughs> Jane is being very Jane. She's, you know, Perfect. Being a little so cute and wallflowerish <laughs> and like, oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> I said, Jemima, stop scratching. I don't know. Somebody said, Jemima, stop scratching. And I thought it was. <laughs> I feel like there was more attention paid to like the stuff like that, where she was like, Kitty, please stop coughing. You're killing me. <laughs> and she's like, I don't have control over that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kitty and Lydia are doing shots and making a general ruckus of themselves. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're already alcoholics in this version. <laughs> <laughs> they're very drunk and everyone is like, it's fine. <laughs> all the women in this movie walk on their toes none more so than Greer Garson mm-hmm. like it's like they're trying to glide across the floor yes <laughs> and the insult is so dumbed down he's like I am in no humor to give consequence to the middle classes tonight you know yeah. it's not like it I almost am like why are you taking offense to this Elizabeth <laughs> it was like less about Lizzie and more about just like him being like oh, I'm around middle class people <laughs> like it was like I feel like in, in the at least you know in the other adaptations it's about like it's directly about Lizzie and how she's yeah. too, like she's got she's too smart and not pretty enough or something like that yeah. like it's very directly and now it's like yeah. oh. I just find yeah. her reaction to it very funny though because she was like <laughs> <What's> <laughs> she, <the fan? laughs> yeah she was like it's done yeah. and he actually I think immediately regrets what he said because he immediately comes up and asks her to dance and she's like she denies him in a very like weird affected mm-hmm. manner and uh, <laughs> I said I don't know if I like this Elizabeth it's a rare adaptation where you like Darcy more than Elizabeth at the beginning <laughs> yeah well what I thought was very funny right after that is when um, I think it's Wickham who comes up and is like, hey, do you want to dance? And she's like, oh, sure. I love dancing. And it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing it over the top and being like, how could I not be dancing right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. But I was like, it was, it's definitely like, oh, this is not the Lizzie I know. Yeah. Okay. So we leave the dance. Jane's going to Netherfield. And she's like in the carriage when Mama's like, no, it's going to rain. Get your ass on horseback. And Jane <laughs> has a smile like, ooh, I like the idea of being stuck at Netherfield. <laughs> <laughs> it felt definitely more like planned out than normal. Like it was like, we're all in on the joke. Yeah. And then we see Jane sick in her bed and Caroline is wearing, it kind of looks like a cross between a nurse and a nun Civil War era. <laughs> <laughs> definitely it was I, I did not understand the closing there was one point at the ball where I think it's when the entourage first shows up that Mrs. Bennett is like telling like Kitty or Lydia to pull up their uh, sleeves a little bit because they're showing too much they didn't say this but like too much chest and I was like wasn't that the whole point of the Regency area was to show off your chest yeah I mean I think there is something in the book about tucking lace because mm-hmm. Lydia is just like bosoms out as much as humanly possible but she never listens to the to her sisters anyway right (laughs) so elizabeth goes to another field she's so rude right off the bat it's like (laughs) it's just just a rare adaptation where you're not in elizabeth's perspective you're like why is this girl so rude all the time (laughs) right 
she's just kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. Back at home, Mary is doing her singing warm-ups and everyone's complaining, but I think she sounds fine. Yeah, I was like, she's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia hates it though. And Mr. Bennett is being a jokester as usual. Mm-hmm, poking fun. Back at Netherfield, they have the like parlor scene where Elizabeth mm-hmm. wants to read and Darcy is like, here, read your book right here, right in this seat, right across from where I'm going to be writing this letter. I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's a whole bar where you're like, no, just do it right here. And it kind of feels like it's moving really fast at this point. Oh, yeah. Because then it's immediately, here, pace with me in front of the fire. It's not a turn around the room. It's just like, walk five feet back and forth in front of the fire. <laughs> so like in five minutes, Elizabeth reads, plays cards, paced, and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much like here this is the spot where the camera sees perfectly so let's just go back and forth <laughs> right here <laughs> they go back home it just really like skips all of the superfluous mm-hmm. leaving and coming just like okay we're back at home they're dressed super fancy but i realized it was because mr collins is coming mm-hmm. and he's got very funny music cues <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely tell that they were like get a load of this guy he's the crazy weirdo even though and i saw in my notes that they dumbed his character down a little bit from being so like stupid and unaware and dumb um because they didn't want to like portray a clergyman in that way in the 40s was he a clergyman they never ever <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I know, was from, the point? <laughs> you know, from knowing, but like, I right. thought maybe they just stopped making him a clergyman. Like, no. even when he says he works for Lady Catherine, he says he's her librarian. I'm like, oh, is he just oh, Lady Catherine's weird. librarian in this? Anyway. Oh, what a change. <laughs> Mary needs better glasses because she's very squinty. <laughs> Elizabeth plays the harp in the background, which is very interesting. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Kitty seems the most disappointed in not being Mr. Collins' choice. Usually they make Mary the one who's like right. secretly in love with Collins. But in this one, Kitty was like, ah, why not me? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, uh, he did start with Jane. And Jane was also by the harp. And you could tell when he was like, what about Jane? And she was like, oh. And then Miss <laughs> Bennett said, oh, she's practically engaged. And she was, you can see her like literally go, thank God. <laughs> it's so hard to tell like, what is just a joke in this version? Right. Like, are you being serious or is this just like, oh, yuck, yuck? Right. <laughs> and then we go straight to the Netherfield, Netherfield ball, which is a daytime ball. Have you yeah. ever? <laughs> it was like <laughs> a garden party or something. <laughs> yeah, they were doing the Maypole stuff and I was like, <laughs> Midsommar flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the Wicker Man. Yes. <laughs> Caroline's, of course, very rude. She's like, the rustics are amused by any simple game. Like, <laughs> you set up the game, I'm sure. <laughs> the fact that she used the word rustics, I was like, that's like, <laughs> I know it's not, but it's like almost comes off as like a slur. <laughs> she of needs course. to be careful. <laughs> I think for her it is a slur. <laughs> <laughs> the rustics. <laughs> it's crazy fancy, though. It's very, mm-hmm. I don't know. Co- Collins is chasing Elizabeth through the trees. And <laughs> she's Darcy really helps her out. <laughs> she's really running away from him. She's like a good like 30 yards ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> She's like peeking through the trees and like, don't tell him where I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he helps her out and she becomes not so invested in hating Darcy for at least a minute. <laughs> <laughs> for just one minute. And then they play archery and I'm like, I don't know, play archery. <laughs> they, they do some archery. Perform archery? <laughs> they play archery. <laughs> I was like, ooh, so Emma 96 or Sanditon? <laughs> yeah, well, funny, The this archery scene is also <laughs> the a lot of the stuff, the set design was from Gump the Wind also. So. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Caroline comes into the scene and I can't remember exactly what the line was, but basically she reveals that she hates laughter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you can tell like the, the script is like just somebody like went through and punched it up with a bunch of the world's corniest jokes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like so weird because they cut so much out of it scene wise, but it's like they replaced all those extra scenes with just dialogue. Like it feels like every single scene was like 10 sentences too long. I was like, I don't need all this flourish. And none of it was actual dialogue from the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so then we see Mary having her uh, musical performance. Mm-hmm. And I said she might not be the most melodious, but she certainly has quite an audience. <laughs> right, like, yeah. How is everyone in this room <laughs> right now? <laughs> <laughs> and they specifically ask her to sing another. So I don't know why Mr. Bennett feels the need to stop her except for that elizabeth told him to right i feel like caroline is a huge part in this version like there are some characters that are barely in it but caroline has like beefed up her role so much yeah definitely she's very antagonistic oh my god (laughs) then came the moment where i think things started to go downhill in my estimation because he said he says uh at this moment it is hard to believe you're so proud and she says it or he says, it's hard to believe you're so prejudiced. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. I know. I was like, grown. Come on. <laughs> I love a corny joke, but this is. Oh, <laughs> and God. also because it was like that 1940s, a little bit like over dramatized. It was like when she said, your pride. And then she like looked away for a second and held. <laughs> and then he was like, well, Bob, prejudice. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Because they seem like they're kind of bonding. Yeah. And then this is where they normally would have their dance, but nope. <laughs> instead they just did some archery during the day. It's it's weird. Yeah. They both overhear Mama talking prospects and Lydia and Mary are drunk. Or maybe it was <laughs> Lydia and Kitty, probably. <laughs> Kit, yeah, it was both of them. And and then Collins is like all up in it and Darcy just changes his tune like super quick and pisses Elizabeth is pissed. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Say the word, Maya. Um, <laughs> I said nothing about this is appropriate for Regency England, lol. <laughs> <laughs> Even the watering can is weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to the costume, we're in Victoria in England, yeah. not Regency. <laughs> this is where I started to notice that Elizabeth could not turn her head. She could yeah. only turn her entire body. And she would, like, you know, go in a weird, like, arcing circle to say, oh, there's something behind me. I was like, <laughs> yes. The affectations are just getting on my nerves at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Bennett opens Jane's letter. Very rude. Well, she thought it and... was a proposal. 
I said, now Elizabeth looks like a cross between a Victorian gangster and Annie Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> she did give off an Annie Oakley vibe. <laughs> uh, then Wickham, he's still around. <laughs> the the red coat uniforms are just, I don't know if I would have wanted to see that in the light or in the color because. They were so weird looking. They looked so bad. His sash made, looked like it was made out of a curtain cord. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we only are now at this point, I think this is, yeah. So the, uh, everyone's left Darcy mm-hmm. and the gang have already left and we're only now hearing Wickham's sob story. I'm right. like, whoa, this is late in the game. Why do we even care anymore? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And poor Jane. But then Charlotte and Collins are engaged already. (laughs) Feels even faster in this version. (laughs) It literally is like Lizzie denies him and he leaves straight from their house to the Lucas's and is like, (laughs) how about you? (laughs) Yeah. And Charlotte is dressed in gingham from head to toe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've never noticed costumes as much as in this one. She's well, so blasé about getting married. <laughs> yeah. What was her line like? What's better than getting married and not knowing their faults at all? It's like, I don't <laughs> know about that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they they stripped any of the like depth from the script. Oh, you know? yeah. It's all I mean, so surface level. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they changed it from a social satire to a romantic comedy. Yeah. So. <laughs> At this point, I'm still thinking it's fun, though. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still yeah. fun. Yeah. And they're already visiting Charlotte. It's just quick, quick, quick. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte's dressed like Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never noticed outfits so much in my life. <laughs> Lady Catherine. What is she talking about? She says, killed and boiled, killed and boiled. (laughs) I can't remember what she was talking about. I do remember that. (laughs) Chickens or something? Probably. (laughs) Killed them and boiled them. (laughs) (laughs) She was great though. I liked her. Yeah. And this is where I realized the fancier you are, the darker your gown because she was wearing like very dark clothes. I wonder if it was like, if we had color, if it was like a really rich purple or something like a green. Probably, probably like purple or something. Mm-hmm. Colonel Fitzwilliam is in a kilt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is he supposed to be Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Does that mean Darcy's Scottish? Well, none of them had a Scottish accent, so. <laughs> I feel like, well, I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure that at the time, Pride and Prejudice, that England was like kind of really hard on Scottish people. But yeah, well, <laughs> who weren't they hard on? True, true, true. Okay, and this is where I started to realize Darcy's affectations, where mm. he's like one of those whisperers, and he like whispers all of his lines. I'm like, what are you doing? Yes. Speak little up, tiny Darcy. Mouth. <laughs> little tiny mouth. <laughs> Darcy says, I've started laughing, but I've never been sadder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, Very that is fair. depression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're depressed. Exactly. <laughs> Lady Catherine grills Elizabeth. But um, in this version, especially because of what ends up happening with Lady Catherine and the way she talks about her daughter in this scene, like, mm-hmm. this state shouldn't be entailed away from their daughters. I was like, I really want to see this and a Berg, like a, you know, like a book, a sequel mm-hmm. book about her. That's kind of like an Emma style book where, yeah. you know, because she has like this crazy autonomy and a mother who's like, you're not entailing the state away from my daughter. Right. Yeah. 
that it was it was very interesting to hear this perspective. Yeah. And it always cracks me up the importance that we put on who will walk where and with whom from going mm-hmm. to one room to the next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Elizabeth is playing what sounds like Chopin. <laughs> Sounded pretty. Yeah, she's good. She says some she says some witty stuff, but it's not the same as the book witty stuff. Mm-hmm. So random. They this they're also skipping a lot of scenes, but then summing them up in like an expositionary monologue. Mm-hmm. Like, let me tell you everything that just happened that we've seen. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's, it's cheaper to weird. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. She found out off screen that Darcy was responsible for sending Bingley away, which mm-hmm. is a weird scene to not show because the impact is so important for the next right. scene, the proposal, why she rejects him. But she right. just comes in mad. It's like, okay, what happened now? <laughs> <laughs> but super bad timing on Darcy's part, as usual. I wasn't sure really what in this version convinced Darcy to propose to her or why he fell in love with her. They don't even have good, like, sparring, you know? It's just, no, yeah, there was no chemistry. <laughs> and, yeah, there's no chemistry, nothing like that. And then it was, like, the way he proposed, he was like, well, I guess I should tell you, I'm in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like this like declaration. It was just like, oh, by the way, I'm in love with you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's so, everyone is so affected. Mm-hmm. He's not nearly as uptight as some Darcy's, but he's not at all convincing in his professions of love, as you're no. saying. <laughs> no. And I was like, just stop it, you crazy weirdo kids. I can't take this proposal. <laughs> <laughs> This serious scene does not work in a screwball comedy version of Pride and Prejudice. It's no. just too weird and anachronistic. No. And they're both bad, Darcy and Elizabeth, but they're like bad from two different styles of movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. <laughs> what was kind of shocking to me was like, this scene felt the most to me like, oh, you're watching a movie. This is a movie <laughs> because like she... They like during the like rebuttal of his proposal, she says something witty and then like turns abruptly with her dress flowing behind her hair swinging <laughs> and then grabs a chair and looks away from him. Like very much like this well, is the turns 40s. Her whole body away because yes. she can't turn her head. <laughs> because, like she can't bear to look at him. And I was like, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird. It's like they're both in different kinds of comedies and the styles yeah. just do not match each other. Yeah. Okay, so then Elizabeth goes home. Jane meets her and she's like, it's poor little Lydia. Something bad has happened. I'm like, way to undersell it, Jane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also not poor Lydia. (laughs) Poor little Lydia. Although Mrs. Bennett does know how to properly grieve. She is. She has the vapors. She's she's doing her thing. (laughs) The chicken broth. And she's like calling people, she's calling the Lucas's vultures, like as they're walking in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she literally says, blah, 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 vultures. And they come in, she's like, there they are, the vultures. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I like how they're all like just used to it. They're nothing, no one is like offended. They're just like, there's Bennett, you're crazy. Yeah. Collins is with them and it's so much worse when he's telling them to their faces that it would be better if Lydia had died. <laughs> yeah he's just like sorry that's the truth (laughs) darcy is also there and i said or darcy shows up i guess it's so hard to understand exactly what's happening because they're not really explaining 
but I was like, do we not get to see Netherfield? And that's my head. I had so mm-hmm. many exclamation exclamation points after that. <laughs> <laughs> like that is what makes Elizabeth fall in love with Dorothy. <laughs> right. Nope, we never knew. Next time we see Elizabeth, she's got on a sash. <laughs> and I said, it's weird. So weird. <laughs> because just now is when we finally find out about Georgiana. Yeah. It's and just it's set like, up so weird. <laughs> and it's like secondhand. It's yeah. not even just like, oh, she gets to meet her. It's like someone mentions Georgiana. Yeah, Darcy tells her, but it's like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Yeah. I don't know why they decided to change the, the order so weirdly of the way things happen. And everything is so presentational. Mm-hmm. I've said it a million times. And it kind of feels like as they go in the movie, the accents become a little more English. <laughs> so I don't know if they're, they're settling into it. First or what. And Elizabeth goes, Jane, I love him. <laughs> I said, this version is cracking me up. Yes. <laughs> what was so sad about this scene and like I don't think they meant it to be this way was when uh they're talking about like her rebuttal to his proposal but she's still in love with him blah blah blah. and then Jane's like well you just have to do what I do and dream that's all you can do is dream (laughs) about him and I was like this is sad (laughs) and she's talking in a whisper too I'm like now you Jane and that's where I realized I don't think Jane is the greatest actor either I don't think anyone, no. that many people in this movie are very good. No. And then I said, is Caroline a good actor or just better than most everyone else? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good observation. But she's reading the gossip columns gleefully. <laughs> Mrs. Bennett is so ill. And <laughs> oh my God, Mary and Kitty run in with a bird and a music box. <laughs> what? <laughs> she said i could keep my music box but she could have her bird her... <laughs> let's make as much noise as possible this is now a farce <laughs> right. i don't know if they like adr'd some like bird squawky noises because it was like the most like it's like oh god it was definitely some guy yeah <laughs> Oh, Mr. Collins comes back again and is incredibly mm-hmm. rude. Everything is going so fast and we're just like stuck in the Bennett's house while all the plot is unfolding around us. <laughs> and now, oh, then we have the craziest entrance where there's a bunch of people on horses blowing horns. It's like <laughs> such a production. I thought Lady Catherine had arrived, but no, it's Lydia. <laughs> yeah, the horns were... I was like, I feel like I'm watching Sleeping Beauty. Like, it's that level of, like, (laughs) royalty or something. (sighs) Lydia's back and they're married. And this is where I said, this movie should be consumed while tipsy and full of holiday food. (laughs) Yes. This is a a very good kind of, like, casual sort of watch, but not watch. Yeah. You need to be kind of, like, half intoxicated to really (laughs) enjoy it. To give in to the madness. Yeah, to just laugh at the silliness. The, okay, and now Lydia, the third character in black or mm. dark clothes, and now she considers herself all fancy. And Lydia calls Wickham Wiki, which I was like, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, because he is wicked. Wicked. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of nickname I would come up with. <laughs> okay, and then we get to the part that I actually remember from the first time I watched it, which was Lady Catherine. 
coming in and this is so much a farce where she first where she sits down on the music box and the parent <laughs> is there and it's just so weird and it's not even screwball comedy anymore it's a farce straight up like yeah well she like <laughs> sits on the music box and it starts playing and then she gets up and it stops playing <laughs> i was like wait <laughs> how does that work and then they like zoom in on kitty's face and she has like her hand over her mouth she's like ooh. And how did you like, not notice she was sitting on a gigantic box lady gathering <laughs> right well i was like also how does it work that she sits on it and it works but that it doesn't work when she stands up <laughs> <laughs> it was very like okay silly. yeah but she has her talk with elizabeth and she says that she has she has the power over darcy's estate and i was like that's an insane change turns mm. out it's not actually true but like I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was like, that's news to me. <laughs> I don't I don't hate it, but it's it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and she, Lady Catherine is the one who tells that Darcy saved the day. Oh, she tells Elizabeth yep. that Darcy arranged the marriage. And at the end where she I can't remember. She does say, like, I give no compliments to your mother, but she says, <laughs> I will not be thanked. And I was like, but i secretly kind of love the weird change in which she is conspiring to help darcy win elizabeth secretly (laughs) yeah well i i like the fact that she is like everyone's always like you know yes ma'am yes ma'am to me and someone is actually like keeping me on my toes and it it almost feels like they're (laughs) i was like are they the lovers because it feels like they're (laughs) actually sparring back and forth yeah I was like, that's what I wanted from the other two, but I guess not. Yeah. I know it's totally wrong, but there's just something that I kind of like about Lady Catherine not being just a horrible person, but like mm-hmm. having being secretly horrible for a reason, for a good cause. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. And I definitely would love to see the sequel adaptation of this Lady Catherine and this <laughs> Andeberg. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. And I guess Elizabeth during this conversation decides that she loves Darcy mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can't figure out where else she would have figured it up. Right. So, okay. It's, uh, Mrs. Bennett is watching. It seems like all of the older ladies have secret knowledge of who's in love with whom. Mm-hmm. And look over there. It's Bingley proposing to your sister. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> so funny. The final conversation I do have to say on the bench between Elizabeth and Darcy is much better than any of the previous <laughs> scenes between the two of them. Greer Garson is still baffling in her choices that she makes, but and Darcy is still very whispery, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, better. They still have the least romantic kiss in history. Yes. But <laughs> I... I was like, okay, I can kind of feel a little bit of a connection, at least finally, yeah. at the last scene of this at movie. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Bennett parents, who are the best in this movie, and see, okay, and they walk in. Mary is suddenly a good singer, and yeah. she's got a guy with a flute who's her new music teacher and I guess boyfriend. Right. Kitty has a soldier bow, who we find out is Denny. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and they'll all be married before you know it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I wrote, I still like this movie and think it makes a good holiday watch. A little yeah. drunk and full of cookies, half asleep, 
or talking with your family, but I would not suggest taking intricate notes while watching it. <laughs> no, no, this is not. <laughs> this is not for academic study at all. <laughs> it would also be fun if you're like with your other Pride and Prejudice best friend and you yes. just want to like laugh and giggle at how yes. silly it is. It's fun for that. Yeah, this movie is like perfect for if you have a book club and everyone likes Jane Austen and you're like, let's all just like me talk about the book and then like get watch a little tips. Ridiculous adaptation. Yes, get tipsy, <laughs> get tipsy and just watch this movie and like I'll talk about it and laugh. Yeah. I could definitely see it fitting in with like holiday movies, like mm-hmm. when you're watching like White Christmas and Yeah. I mean it's got that like specific vibe of old Hollywood where it's just like <laughs> almost all of them feel like Christmas movies to me. <laughs> I don't know yes. why. <laughs> yeah. It just has I that mean, feeling. It's just silly. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. nothing like the book. The costumes are insane. The acting choices are even more baffling and the chemistry yeah. is non-existent, but it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we've already reached an hour, so I guess I basically just summed up my final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> What do you yeah. have to say, Christian? I mean, that's that's kind of all I would say. Um, you know, just this is the this is like a very fun light watch. Nothing, nothing more. And I <laughs> I do feel like I want to blame the uh, the whoever decided to make it a romantic comedy. That's who ended up leading to the dumbing down of characters. There's no complexity in this movie, and so you can't connect with any of the characters besides Mrs. Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably plenty of blame to go around <laughs> this movie. Yeah, because, oh, I mean, you have someone who, like, Lawrence Olivier is considered, like, an acting great, and he is one of the worst people in this movie. I don't <laughs> want to blame him because his character was kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would love to hear other opinions. If you have recently watched this movie, let me know what you thought of it because... I'm not trying to be mean about it, no. but it was insane, <laughs> in I mean, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, choices were made, <laughs> and I would not have made those choices, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that I meant to mention earlier, but I did it, uh, Marsha Hunt, who played Mary, uh-huh. she was the last surviving cast member of this film, and she died in September 7th of this year. At really? 100, 104 years old. Holy moly. Yep. She was the last surviving cast member of this movie. So it's crazy. Go, Mary. I know. I was like, of Mary course, Mary. Mary always one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, she was great in this one. I really did. I, I think I really liked Kitty, Lydia, Mary, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, mm-hmm. Lady Catherine de Bourgh. She was great. I liked Caroline. But like none of these people really had to have any sort of real depth of connection to anybody no. so i can't really tell like how great they would right. be for something like they that but, like they weren't like main they weren't there were no requirements on their characters really like there were yeah. for the other ones the main ones yeah but i was not feeling greer garson or really Lawrence olivier <laughs> no and you know i just i would like to since i've not really seen any of their other movies i would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and blame the script yeah they just made some really weird choices with the characters. And I was like, yeah, they're just so 
affected. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, is that because it's like a movie from the 1940s or I don't know? But you know, it's it's got its moments. <laughs> it's got its moments, but <laughs> it was a silly fun. So mm-hmm. definitely give it a watch. You know, definitely again best if you're full of cookies and some wine i think yeah or like pop an edible (laughs) and then pop it in yeah (laughs) or you know if you're just the type who could get drowsy off some warm milk and (laughs) that's enough for you that might be sufficient (laughs) 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 or maybe you well, this might be bad. I was like, maybe when you're like really sick and you're kind of like half hallucinating. <laughs> but that might you're actually like, be the worst time to watch it. <laughs> you're on like cough you're like, medicine. What is this scary ass version of Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> <laughs> They're all monsters. <laughs> what are they wearing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't have time for anything else. So we will be back next week with The Wizard of Oz. Ooh. It's our David Lynch inspiration movie yes. because, boy, was he ever inspired by Wizard of Oz. Right. <laughs> Who was it, honestly? <laughs> I feel like every time I watch something, they're like, oh, I just love the Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Everyone loves it, of course. Wild at Heart was so Wizard of Oz centric. Like, it was like oh, yeah. kind of a running theme through that movie. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the classic movie. And I think it'll be a good almost Christmas watch. Yeah. I mean, that's another one. Wizard of Oz is like sort of a Christmas movie, like a holiday movie somehow. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a while since I've watched it. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Good night. Bye. Bye. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness or on Instagram at Manners of Madness Pod, or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you prefer. We also have a donate button on our website, mannersofmadness.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.